You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. Uh, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm not doing too bad. I, uh, I've had one of those days where I've, I've kind of, I don't really want to call it a cheat day, but you wouldn't believe it, man. I've had four cookies today. Four. Four. And so I, I feel like I feel like I've really committed a crime here. <laughs> That's all right. I, I, I did that yesterday. I mean, you know, you got to have splurge days every once in a while, you know? I suppose so. I suppose so. Anyway, let's uh, let's get right at now. S- speaking of health, right? Let's get right into public health. Let's start with Oklahoma. I, mm-hmm. I understand. I, I came in this morning and I saw it that was up there on the desk. I, I saw it that implemented a, uh, a mask mandatory, or excuse me, a mandatory mask wearing. Uh, so what's going on down there? Yeah, so it's... Uh uh, well, as far as I know, it's city, uh, not not county. But yeah, uh, last time they did this, uh, three hours later, they rescinded this uh, because someone pulled a gun. Uh, they, they were being forced to wear a mask and they didn't like it. So they pulled a gun on them. And uh, anyway, they're going to try round two and, and try to have everybody. Uh, this was a unanimous vote. Uh, uh, the entire city council voted for it. So we now have an, a city ordinance. Uh, that requires everyone to wear a mask starting today when you're out in public. Uh, they're, they're saying the the mask doesn't apply to people five years and under and people with medical conditions or disabilities or, uh, that make it difficult to wear a mask. Uh, you know, they're not required. And you're also not required for people eating at a restaurant or exercising. They're not, as far as I know, they're not fining anybody for not wearing a mask. However, if your business does not have a sign outside, uh, that says uh, a mask is required, the business will be fined $500. It says here, he said that it's our obligation to try and keep this community safe and functioning. Is it? Is is it your obligation? I don't mean any disrespect here. I don't mean to stomp on your toes down there. But uh, is it the mayor's responsibility to keep the community safe? Or is it the citizens' responsibility to keep them and their families and their neighborhoods safe? Uh, I would prefer you smash toes. But yes, um, in this case... <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do not believe it is not that I don't believe it's not. It's just not. It's not your job to keep everybody safe. I'm sorry. Your job is to ensure that everything runs smoothly. Everybody's constitutional rights are, you know, adhered to or or, or observed. And, uh, you know, you, you keep the day to day things going like, oh, I don't know, our roads continuing to function, you know, properly or. Um, you know, the minor day to day stuff the, to ensure that the things that you are given control of are um, taken care of and ran smoothly. This isn't one of the things you're given control of and requiring businesses to uh, mandate everyone wear a mask. Uh, no, uh, you know, we gave this is the thing. They have about 30 days or so of emergency powers. <laughs> We're in July that uh, your emergency powers are done. 
Like you could have called that. And this, this mandate is supposed to stay in until November, by the way, November 30th. How um, can they call Kind of convenient. That? How can they? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. What happens in November, about the 3rd of November, somewhere along in there? I, yeah, I believe that's the exact. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, a proactive. Yeah. yeah. This is a proactive, low impact option for our community to adopt that will help control incidents of COVID-19. Does anyone need to take the, uh, I don't know the episode that we did last week on how they're counting and and maybe hand that over to this guy and say, hey, listen here, this is how they're counting them. Does anyone need to do that? Because that's how they're that's how they're doing this. You notice that this is happening in the United States, but this is not happening anywhere else. You, you notice that all, all of this, all of this <laughs> lockdown stuff, all this mask wearing stuff, all this is happening in the U.S. And you guys, uh, unfortunately, you guys are locked into a bubble over there of being force fed the media agenda, which we've talked about that on how that is. And when I try to explain to people, and this is this is the pushback I'm having, and please let me know if you're having the same thing. When I try to explain to people, hey, this is what's happening. You're being lied to. Then I just kind of get like the cold shoulder and they just stop talking to me. Is that the kind of response you're getting? Some people, yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> even even some of my own family members have have done that. And they're like, they're so on board with the mask thing that if you try to show them any kind of facts associated with masks or, or anything, anything related to that that contradicts their narrative, they won't talk to you anymore. It's pretty much they're done with you at that point. And this is this has become completely absurd. Uh, this this whole situation, like I've said, you want to wear a mask, it's your choice. You know, go for it. I'm not going to mock sure. you for wanting to wear a mask. When the government comes in and says you're mandated to wear a mask, now we have a problem. So every evening after we get done here, you know, I, I usually hang outside for a while, get some sun, you know, do a little bit of photosynthesis and whatnot. Uh, that's usually I lounge in the backyard, right? I'm thinking about doing that in the front yard now. So the neighbors see, hey, look, I'm outside not wearing a mask. Go ahead, call the cops. I dare you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting frustrated with these, these laws and these. It, this is a city ordinance. This isn't even a law. This is a, uh, it, it's, it's, it's stupid. It is. And you know something? I, I would really love to know how the county sheriff is going to, uh, to take that down there. Because, I mean, that's, that's probably where we're going to end up seeing the pushback, right? I would hope so. I, I actually don't know who my county sheriff is. I actually want I, when I make reference to that, I wanted to talk about a um, I want to talk about a sheriff, uh, a county sheriff from uh, from Butler County, Ohio. Uh, and it's from my home state of Ohio. I want to talk about what his message was in a press conference yesterday. First of all, he's <laughs> he starts out with a good Ohio greeting. Right. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> so, like I said, this this is a county sheriff from uh, from Butler County, Ohio. And Bruce, I would love to get your take on what this guy has to say, because as I said, county sheriffs, I think, are going to be the key over there. They're elected officials and they're the ones that have the jurisdiction over the county, not the cities, but the county in general, county overall. We're going to see what he has to say about his deputies enforcing this particular mask mandate in the state of Ohio that's been handed down by Governor DeWine up there. All right. So let's take a listen to that. How's everybody doing today? I'm the Butler County Sheriff, Rick Jones. I'm here today with our phone. We're getting calls. We're getting emails. We're getting texts. The governor has, I believe, he's just completed the mandatory uh, mask wearing for Butler County, several of the counties in the state of Ohio. It's going to be mandatory, the mask wearing. uh, And I'm here to, we don't have the orders, what he's put out yet, but I can tell you this that I want to make sure everybody understands I am not 
the mask police. I am not going to enforce any mask wearing. That is not my responsibility. That is not my job. People should be able to make that choices themselves. I didn't put this order out. And it's getting to the point. People are scared. People are calling and asking, uh, do we have to wear the mask in our house, in our cars? It's getting kind of ridiculous Um, at this point. But I believe as the sheriff in Butler County here in Ohio, the economy is starting to try to. Uh, get back to where it was. You can't go to restaurants. And they, at one time uh, you were looked down on if you tried to go to church and the churches were closed. And uh, it's it's totally out of control. It should be left up to the individual if they want to wear a mask. If someone's sick, uh, I can understand the mask wearing. But for all of us to have to have your temperature taken, to have to wear a mask, where is it going to stop? We I've checked with some people that I know that work in the hospitals, the hospital staffs. Most hospitals in Ohio have laid people off because of this. They've laid people off. You go to the emergency room, you have to wait longer. Uh, There's people that are still not working because of it. And this makes it harder to wear these masks and for everyday citizens that aren't sick and have no symptoms to have to wear a mask. I'm not a scientist, but I want you to know that the police are busy. Our budgets have been cut. The fire departments, everybody has less just in the past few months. This does not make it better. What you have is don't call 911 because someone is not wearing a mask. If the health departments want to control and take care of who's not wearing a mask, let them put a little yellow light on their car and they can stop people and go in. They will not like the response. People are tired. They're wore out. I think we could have done this in a different way. But make no mistake about it. I, as the Butler County Sheriff, am not enforcing any mask wearing whatsoever to the public. And my deputies will not enforce it. We've got more important things to do. It's all we can do to keep up with fighting crime, locking people up, and making sure they're safe and the employees are safe. All right, Bruce, what are your thoughts on that uh, that good county sheriff there from Ohio? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to be, you know, stand in agreement with the uh, he's not the mask police. Uh, that's that's my opinion for uh, sheriffs in general. Right. And they're not the mask police and they they shouldn't be enforcing these uh, edicts given out by the mayors and governors. So uh, good on you for that. Yeah, he uh, like like I said, it's, it's going to be the county sheriffs that are going to make a difference in all this. It's going to be the sheriffs. It is because people are not going to put up with this. In general, he did make reference to a couple of things. People are calling into the sheriff's office. They're scared. They don't know what to do. They're talking about if they should, wondering if they should wear a mask in their house because people think it's airborne. That's the level of hysteria with this thing. That is the level of hysteria with this thing. That's where people think they're at. Listen, listen to me very carefully. A virus that supposedly was controlled in a laboratory behind three sealed doors by people in moon suits that are pressurized. What possible logical reason would it make for you to be able to prevent spreading this by the use of a paper mask or a cloth mask? Explain to me how that's even reasonable. Explain that to me. It's not. It's not in any way, shape or form. The so-called public health officials, they know this. They know this. The city health officials, they know this. 
but they're doing it because they know that you'll put up with it. He did say that there's essentially a dismissal of common sense in all this. And there is. Why would you mandate mask wearing five months into a so-called pandemic? Did you know, and I say so-called for this reason, did you know that the CDC is actually considering at at the current time whether or not they even want to consider it to be a pandemic or even an epidemic at this point because of the low death count. The deaths have essentially stopped. This is why they're counting every single death as a COVID death so they can keep the numbers high. They can keep the hysteria and the the fear up because it's an election year. You notice it's not an election year in Europe anywhere. So we're not dealing with any of this stuff. I can tell you for a fact because that's where I am. I have that unique ability at the moment over a lot of other broadcasters that don't bring that perspective. So I can tell you for a fact that what you're being fed in the United States is a load of bull. I'm not saying it's a fake virus. I've never said that. Not one time have I said that. It's very much a real virus. But the chances of you contracting this and falling victim to it are extremely low. It's like, I think it's less than one half of 1%, isn't it? Isn't that what we figured out? If you're under the age of 70? Uh, yeah, there was a doctor that came out and said, if you're under 70, it's 0.04%. Uh, okay, there you go. Fatality rate. Uh, right. But as far as contracting it, I, I don't know what the percentages are there. The R not rating. Well, we God only knows. Much. God, God only knows. With the amount of testing that they've done and the screw ups that they've done. I mean, the amount of false positives that you're getting on all this, you can't tell. You can't tell. It's become so political at this point that nobody knows what's going on. And so the sheriff made a point here of where does it stop? Where does it stop? The temperature thing that's like, where, where, where does that stop? Where do you draw the line? Where do we, the people, draw the line? Five months into it, you're mandating masks. He talked about the economy trying to make a comeback. Do you ever think that that's what it might be about? We talk about reopenings. We talk about rollbacks. States are deciding now whether or not they're going to lock down, which we're going to talk about that in a second. Some states are already doing that. This is economic warfare. That's what this is. You have a business. You're bad. Oh, you want your businesses back? You want to go out and you want to protest at the state house? You want to protest at the city halls? You want your businesses to open back up? Well, we'll unleash some mobs and they'll come out and they'll burn your businesses and your neighborhoods to the ground. How's that? That's what they've said to you. The layoffs at the hospitals. There was a hospital just down the road from you, Bruce, that closed in the, the initial stages of this because they don't have any patients. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no reason to think that the hospitals will be filling up now when they didn't the first time around when it was supposedly more virulent and more deadly then than it is now. You notice they're not talking about the death numbers. Have you noticed that? They're not mentioning the death numbers. You're hearing cases, 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 cases. You're not hearing death numbers. Why? Because they're stoking the fires of fear in one aspect, but ignoring another, hoping you won't put two and two together. He said the sheriff's office has better things to do. They do have better things to do. They're focused on fighting crime because of budget cuts. They've got a lot of things on their plate. People are scared. Of course, you're going to have more uh, fear in a society. You're going to have more anxiety amongst people. So you're going to have a higher crime rate, which is precisely what you're seeing in places like New York, places like Los Angeles uh, and other respective cities. I I do apologize if I left you out because there's a lot of U.S. cities with a lot of crime problems right now. But On top of that, we the people have better things to do than this. We have better things to do. We got lives to live. We don't have time for this stuff. We've got other things to do. There are those of us that actually want to create products, services, and try and better ourselves, our families, our neighbors, and our country. We don't have time for this. I've said that many of times. You want to sit here and you want to listen to these little inept fools that are in these public health departments and in these city councils and in these mayor's offices and these governors. You want to sit there and listen to them, give their little press conferences every day, wearing a mask. Then go ahead. Go ahead. 
sit in your house and stay scared. That's your decision to do that. You want to stay home? That's your choice. That is your choice. But the rest of us have things to do. You just want to get out there and get sick and die. I see how it is. You just want people to die. Oh, that argument. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's what they say, right? Is that, it ever the argument? They, is. It um, is. Are they ever going to say anything else? Are, are they ever going to say anything else? Yeah. Maybe after after uh, Biden is elected, you know, then. OK, so it's all. Uh, but, well, uh, he did say he you know what? In all fairness, he did say that they were if he was elected, they were going to cure cancer. Right. He did talk about that, didn't he? Huh. He did. He did. And as a matter of fact, there was even the uh, the Biden Cancer Foundation or something of that nature. Yeah, they went out of business. Uh huh. Oddly enough, after taking in four point eight million dollars, I don't I don't hear an investigation on that one. Huh. Funny. I wonder why. Huh. Yeah. OK, so let's get down to Texas. We were talking about lockdowns there for just a second. You got anything else on the sheriff before we jump down to Texas? No, uh, pretty much. I, I agree with the like not doing the masks and so on and so forth. But anyway, yeah. Governor Greg Abbott down in Texas, right? He's warning of another lockdown. He says if the spread of COVID-19 doesn't slow, the next step would have to be a lockdown. Does anybody not grasp the fact of what they've done here? Are they that inept? They can't be. They can't be. I refuse to believe that these elected officials are that out of touch. I refuse to believe that. And more than that, like I said, the death rate. No one's looking at the death rate. They're looking at infections, 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 infections. You've got false positives coming up on more than two thirds of the tests. Yeah. So what? why are we even entertaining this idea? Everyone's trying to be a, uh, a COVID movie star, right? You run in, oh, get me tested, get me tested. They run in. You've got testing places popping up all over the place. A lot of them run by Sean Penn. Yes, I said that. Because that's it. You would never you wouldn't have guessed that one, would you? You have testing places popping up all over the place. We went from 100,000 tests a day to 700,000 tests a day. Of course, the numbers are going to increase. Of course, they're going to increase. We already knew the R not rating was high. I mean, that that's something they were predicting at the very beginning. So we knew that there was a lot of people getting infected. But we've also known that a lot of people getting infected, a lot of like 60 percent of them weren't going to need hospitalization or wouldn't even know they were sick to begin with. Or had very minor uh, minor symptoms and uh, symptoms to the level of oh, it was just allergies or something. So this is this is getting way out of hand. All common sense has been abandoned. It's all been abandoned. Yeah. So it's it's completely it's completely ridiculous. The idea that we're going to uh, that we're going to entertain this uh, the, this suggestion of of another lockdown. Why, why would we Why would we even look at that? Why, why would we even consider that? Especially especially when you have hospitals that are. Largely, they're not filling up. You're going to deal with the same things as last time. It says Texas is continuing to break records for new coronavirus deaths, right, uh, because they're counting every death, and hospitalizations this week. Governor Greg Abbott reiterated Friday afternoon that things will continue to get worse. And if people keep flouting his new statewide mask mandate, yeah, so people are saying, yeah, we're not doing it. He said the next step could be another economic lockdown. You hear that? Economic lockdown. That's what it is. That's what it is. The economy, the fact that they don't. OK, we, we just added four point eight million jobs last week. They don't like that. These people hate business. They hate prosperity. They don't want communities to bounce back from this. They're trying to put the United States into a sense of a controlled collapse. This is the only thing they have left to fight Trump on. This is the only front that they have left at this point, at this point. The worst is yet to come as we work our way through this massive increase in people testing positive because of what? A massive amount of people that have false positives. I know somebody that's been tested three times. And guess what? They tested negative in the same day. They tested negative two times and they tested positive once. So what are they? What are they? 
Doesn't make any sense. He said things will get worse. Yeah, positively negative. Right. He said things will get worse. And let me explain why. Oh, he's going to tell you why. The deaths that we're seeing announced today and yesterday, which are now over 100. Those are people who have likely contracted COVID-19 in late May. Hmm. Well, if it if they contracted it in late May, so it took them five weeks to die. That that doesn't that doesn't make any doesn't make any sense because we're told that no, it's, it's two weeks or so. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but well, he says the Texans will. No, it does. It doesn't make sense. Uh, so it would take that long for the data to show that. Yeah, I mean, oh, I it, it takes you two weeks to die from it. But uh, yeah, so these would be the deaths from May in just in a data sense. I got you. OK. He says the public needs to understand that this was a very tough decision for me to make. He was talking about the face mask mandate uh, when he said that. Yeah, I made uh, the cl- yeah, sure I made was. clear. I made clear that I made this tough decision for one reason. It was our last best effort to slow the spread of COVID-19. If we do not slow the spread of COVID-19, the next step would have to be a lockdown. How about this thought? Have you thought about possibly stopping testing across the United States? (laughs) You're laughing. You're laughing. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But let's think about that for a minute. Let's think about that for a minute. Stop the testing. You stop the hysteria. You stop the agenda, right? It theoretically does. But at the same time, it, you run into an issue of, you know, with no numbers as far as who's infected, it's going to skew the R not rating and it's going to skew the the fatality rating and all that kind of stuff. They've already skewed I mean, it. Personally, They've already they, they have. But per, like in a in a perfect scenario, I'm fine with them collecting data on this so that we know, you know, how it propagates, how we can learn from this, how how to, to combat it. Right. So in a in a perfect world scenario. You know, uh, this is this is all fine and dandy. My problem with Abbott, uh, the the Texas governor, literally like two weeks ago, he said not only are mask mandates not feasible, but Texas is not going to do it. Right? He he literally said it's very difficult to legislate a mandatory mask, at least at a state level. And he's like, so we're not going to do it. And then what? Here we are. He, he's doing it. You know, at first, I I I, I as a um, you know, living in Oklahoma, I, I'm I'm somewhat fam- familiar with some things Texas Texan, right? Just because of uh, proximity, and more or less, I liked Abbott. But yeah, more the times going on, man. I'm kind of like, if I was a Texan, I ain't, I'm 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 not free voting for you. Sorry, I'm I'm done with you at this point. Like, what do you do uh, in this situation? I mean, I, I get it, right? He's in a tough situation. There's a lot of pressure from the public because the public's being fed lies. So now he's having to deal with the public that a large opinion of people that if we don't do something like this, it's going to be your fault and I'm not going to reelect you or, or something to that. So there probably is a lot of I'm not going to be reelected if I don't do something. I don't want to be the listed in history as the mayor that did or, or the governor that did nothing. And uh, all this happened. So uh, I, I he, he's history's under a lot gonna, of pressure and I don't. Yeah, OK, that's fine. But, that, his, but yeah, but history is going to call him a fool. And anyone else that goes along yeah, with this. Well, so there's a difference between there's a difference between making a decision and being wrong about it if you make a legitimate mistake and making the wrong decision because you're completely inept. There's a big difference yeah. there. There's a big difference there. In a statement following Abbott's interviews, the Texas Democratic Party said that any further shutdowns would be Abbott's fault. You see how they're setting him up here? You see this? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I would say to all those people in the Texas Democratic Party, go to hell. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the people mm-hmm. in the National Democratic Party and the National Republican Party, for that matter, look at the lines that they're touting. 
this idea that we're we're going to make some kind of a difference. I want to know what the answer to this question is. What are they going to do when the numbers don't drop and they have everyone wearing these face masks? What are they going to do then? Because that's not going to work. You know Everyone's Everyone's banking on the fact that this is going to somehow mitigate something, which, in fact, we know it's not right. It's, it's going to mitigate something. It's going to slow it down or whatever. We know that that's not the case. If this was indeed what it is that they're claiming it to be, then explain to me why nothing is being done on the same level where I am. Explain that to me, please. That's no, because you guys are law, law-abiding citizens, right? You're considerate of others around you and care about others and are, are willing to listen to orders. That's yeah, right. what the uh, left would tell sure. you. Yes, yes. That, you know, of course. Yeah, the Europeans have this under control. The, the Americans know that. See, it's all Donald Trump's fault. Do you mm. see how this is being played out? Do you see how this has been twisted? Yeah. You notice you don't hear anything about China anymore, right? We've talked about that. We don't hear anything about China. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing about China. Nothing. You'd be lucky if you could find a footnote on page 14 of any paper about it. Nothing about China. Everything has been redirected to the United States. All of that information is being turned to the United States. The spotlight's taken off of Europe. The spotlight's taken off of China. Japan actually ended everything. They stopped it all. They haven't done anything. They, they, they pulled all that stuff out. All, this, all the face shields, all the masks, everything, gone. Like it never happened. So if this is so bad, if this is so bad, then why is it that we're seeing this agenda in the United States, but we're not seeing it anywhere else? 2020 has been the year that has really solidified a lot of things for me with the Republican Party as a whole. Yeah. I was already pretty pretty angry with the Republican Party to begin with, right? This has just pushed me over and I'm, I'm done. I'm sorry, guys. I don't care if you run the absolute best candidate that I have ever seen. Screw you guys. I'm done. You're a bunch of pansies. You're spineless. I, I, I cannot trust anyone you put forward now. Because you're taking no stance on the coronavirus. You took no stance on the on the, the Russian collusion. You've taken no stance on anything that's constitutional, that's small government, that's any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I've already said, you know, joked about how government's bad, right? And I do believe that. But I'm getting pushed further and further now to where I'm like, you know what? Privatize everything. You know, government, I'm sorry, you get nothing. You, you get no control whatsoever privatize it. And and the more this is going on, it's just, it's grinding my gears even more. And I'm just like, no, we're taking all the power from you. You're a bunch of spoiled children that, no, we're done. And I, I'm just, oh, it's getting so frustrating. And and the problem is, is as the individual, as the citizen, there's nothing I can do. I feel like I'm being isolated and pushed out, right? And, and my opinion, my voice is not being heard. So it's just, I'm I'm done with you guys. You know, every chance I get to vote for smaller government to to defund the government, the only thing I want them to provide is military and police. Pass that. Screw you guys. Are you going to tell us today what you really feel, or are you going to? It's uh, I'm 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 getting so uh, like I said. You know, I'm I've always I've always been for some level of government. I still want some level of government. But you know what? No. Now I'm just like no. The the only thing you get is military. And police, and you know, oh, we'll fire, you mess, you know, all that stuff. Well, whatever you you want to call that government, mm. but at the same time, I'm kind of like, nah. I think the private sector could probably run that better than you can. 
So, uh, yes, yeah. yes, I, I, I agree. But, um, you know, I, you, you mentioned there about you mentioned an interesting point. You mentioned there about being isolated and, and further pushed out of the way. And see, mm-hmm. th- this is what we see from the political class. This is their disconnect from the average American and, and any any as far as that goes, any citizen of your respective nation where you believe the political class has become disconnected because they have the ideas that they're putting forth, the stances that they're taking, they want to send centralize power and control. They don't want you or I or any other citizen to make a decision or influence them to make a decision. It's their time to rule. This is why they want to consolidate power in D.C. and shut everyone else off. They want the power there. They don't want the average citizen to be making decisions across the nation, wherever you come from. They don't want that. The governments want to be able to rule over you because you don't know any better. You are too stupid to understand what's going on. I'm not saying that that's what I think of people. I'm saying that's what governments and elected officials think of people. Look at how we're being treated. We talked a couple of days ago on the psychological trauma of public health. Look at how we're being subjected to this. Look at how we're being treated. We're being treated like we're captives of these people. We're being treated like prisoners of these people. And so they do want to isolate you. They do want to feed you information. It's the monopolization of perception, right? They will feed you the information that you need, that they give you based on what opinions they force upon you. It's not about whether or not you can think. You can't think any longer. They'll do the thinking for you because you don't know how. This is the process we've gone through over the last 50 years in the West. We've been intellectually disarmed. These are easy people to defeat. This is the key. These are easy people to defeat. If you listen to them, if you listen to the people that are out there on the televisions and in the newspapers, the ideas that they're putting forth, you can have these people defeated in a day, in a day. You can go back at them with ideas that will shut them down. Ideas, not physical aspects, not violence, not extremism, but with ideas. Anyone that has the ability to critically think, extrapolate ideas, form an opinion based on your own reasonable thinking, you can knock these people into next week. This is precisely why I say that I could sit down and talk to somebody like Bernie Sanders, because someone like Bernie Sanders has no effect on someone like me. I can sit down and I can pick him apart piece by piece. And by the time I'm which by this time he would he would have gotten up and walked out of the room because he just wouldn't have it because when he talks, he's not talking to someone like me because I can see right through his BS. These are easy people to defeat. There's a way to not be as what Bruce just said. There's a way to not be isolated. There's a way to not be a victim of these people. And it's to think for yourself. And if we have a nation of people that think for themselves instead of being a nation of sheep, then we become the sheep dogs and the politicians become the sheeps. But see, right now, they're the wolves and they're looking at the populations as sheep. Well, there are those of us that are not sheep. There are those of us that are sheep dogs and we understand precisely what's going on. We see exactly who these people are. We see what their agendas are and we can pick them apart with ideas, with reasonable common sense. And this is precisely what they want to shut down. They want to beat you into submission psychologically, mentally, physically. So you're too weak and you're too broken and you're too beaten down to fight back until you fall off the tree like a rotten piece of fruit right into their hand of whatever it is they want to put you through. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you pretty much just uh, confirmed what I was saying. Honestly, this is largely why we we started the podcast. Yeah, it is 
to to kind of to, to share these ideas and, and thoughts and and try to help other people not feel like like they're being isolated and not heard you know and and show them what to do or you know how to get their voice heard how to address things and and talk with not even their neighbor and everything right so this 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 whole situation has just got me frustrated so yeah, I'm, I'm still a little little heated with all that. No, I can understand your frustration. I mean, that's how I'm seeing it. I mean, I, I just gave my take on how I'm seeing it because until people develop this attitude, and it has to be an attitude that you develop, it has to be something that you arrive at yourself. It can't be something that someone teaches you. No one taught me. No one taught Bruce. No one taught GP or Marty or, or any, any of the rest of us. No one taught us this. We had to learn this on our own. You have to develop that inner confidence about yourself. You have to develop that discipline about yourself. You have to build yourself into a modern character that is confident, that can carry yourself, that understands things, and that can extrapolate your own ideas, form your own opinions, and be individuals. As I said, we can make our lives, our communities, our countries better through our own decisive actions, through our own decisions, our own good deeds. We don't need a government to do that. We don't need elected officials to lord over every move. We don't need tech companies to lord over every move that we make either. There's a parcel. So the the one caveat I would put to that, you know, as far as you have to learn this yourself, there mm-hmm. wasn't like a foundation that I was raised under, you know, uh, growing up. My grandfather, especially, really instilled in me a patriotism. And that is one of the foundations that really pushes me to have faith in the, in, in the American people and the American idea and the love for my nation that I have and why I'm so passionate about these things is uh, that's where the root of it is. So for me, it, it was like the foundation was learned, but everything else as far as you know, I've I've added to that over time, you know, with learning stuff on my own. So, yes, I'm not saying what you're saying is um, inaccurate. I'm just saying, you know, for me, the starting point was uh, a foundation that I learned from someone else. And then I, I've, I've grown that and expanded that over time. So, you know, just that's the thing is like so that, that's what the left is trying to push right now. Right. Is we're all racists. America was founded on racism. Uh, you know, the, the 1619 project, which is. The new curriculum they're teaching in schools is teaching that we weren't really founded on all men are created equal. Uh, what we were really founded upon is slavery and racism. And that's the narrative they're trying to push now and teach the generations coming up. And they want to, if they can uproot that underlying patriotism for your nation, the love for your nation, then you'll be okay with completely radically changing the system. And that that's kind of the marching mantra of what uh, uh, Biden is saying, you know, he, he wants to transform. I, I'm sorry, but if you love America, you don't want to transform it. So, um, yeah, that's right. That's right. If you if you love it, you don't want to transform it. And, you know, I, like I said many a times, you know, I talk to non-citizens every day. I'm going around all over the place. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people. I'm interacting with a lot of people. And you know what a lot of them tell me? They're all fans of America. And when I say fans of America, I'm not talking about, you know, the fake culture of like the Hollywood movie stuff and all that stuff. I'm talking about the idea of America. It's the idea. It's the fundamental foundation that we have. That's what people love. They love that aspect. And I ask all of them, why? Why is it that you're a fan of America? Why do you love it? And they all pretty much tell me the same thing. They all say, what's the land of opportunity? 
We've always heard that, right? America is the land of opportunity. Well, why is it suddenly not? Why is it suddenly not the land of opportunity? If non-citizens that I talk to all the time, even in modern times, if they can see that, well, then why can't the people in the political world in America not see that? Why is it if it's so terrible? Why do we have so many people that try to come there that jump the fences that go into the country illegally? If it's so bad, if it's so racist, if it's so oppressive, if it's so unfair, well, then why do you go there? It makes no sense, which I mean, we know the agenda behind it, but it doesn't make any sense, even on its face. People say that America is the land of opportunity because the idea of America, the idea that the government can't tell you what to do. You're not locked into a monoculture, which America is not. Well, you're not locked into a culture of thinking one way. You can be an individual. You can be yourself. You can be, you can do anything you want to, but you have to earn it. You have to go get it. No one's going to give that to you. The biggest problem that I run into of people that are around, especially European cultures, is they're stuck. And when I say they're stuck, I'm talking about in what they do in life. They're stuck because they go to their their schooling, their university, and they do one type of skill set, whether that's an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And then they're stuck in that. They're stuck in that because if you come out of, say, university or whatever, you do an internship and you get hired by a, a corporation or whatever it is to say, for example, do uh, to do accounting work or uh, legal work or something like that or uh, research of some kind, whatever it might be, you're stuck in that. You're stuck in that. You can't change professions unless you go back and you get another degree. You can't do that. And you, you have some kind of a background in that. No one will hire you. So you're stuck in that. See, America, we say, well, you know what? I, I tried this this whole uh, I tried this accounting thing. It doesn't work. Yeah, I'm going to go do something else. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start up something else. I, I'm going to do this or do that. See, we can do that. Our opportunities and our companies allow us in most cases, not in all cases, in most cases, we'll give you an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on this person. I, I'm going to I'm going to try this person I, I, that I want to bring in has a degree in in finance or something, but I want to bring him in for, I don't know, some type of research or, or some type of uh, outside project or whatever it is. And they might find that that's a better profession for them. So it's the idea of of what we can do. You can be what you want, more or less. Obviously, I mean, there's some other things there when it relates to professions. Like, you know, if you want to be a doctor, then you kind of have to study to be a doctor. You know, you, you really you're not going to be able to do much outside of being a doctor. <laughs> there's exceptions to that rule that I'm just kind of speaking in general, general sense here. But yes, you have the opportunity to do what you want. So if America's so bad, if it's so oppressive, why do we have so many millionaires? Why is that? Why, why is that the thing? And by the way, We've got tens of thousands of African-American millionaires in America. Does anyone even bother to mention that? Does anyone bother to mention that? Are they oppressed? Look at Colin Kaepernick. He's out there every day talking about oppression, talking about racism, talking about brutality. That guy's got the largest bank account of anybody that I've ever seen that doesn't play sports. That's a quarterback. A terrible quarterback, might I add. Yeah, I was going to say he was he was pretty bad, wasn't he? <laughs> he wasn't exactly yeah. the... But doesn't he... Bruce, doesn't he deserve a, a shot at the Hall of Fame, though? I mean, OK, on principle, yes. But the fact that he's a terrible player. Yeah, no, you don't get a shot. <laughs> but you should be given the chance to. Yeah. All right. This is uh, this has turned into, uh, you know, America, the great lecture hour. So I think we need to move on to something else. Let's talk about Roger Stone. You know, who Roger Stone is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard his name a few times. Yeah. Okay, Roger Stone. He's got nine U.S. presidents elected. All right, he's a uh, he's a political strategist. He's the guy that's got the Nixon tattoo 
on his back. You know, he got Nixon elected, this this guy. He's also one of the guys that got Donald Trump elected. Well, he was, yeah, he was hauled in. Do, do you remember this is the guy that they, they had like the two Marine units and the, like the CNN cameras and they stormed his house <laughs> with SWAT teams at like eight in the morning? While he was asleep. No, no, it was like it was like four in the morning. But yeah, was it four in the morning. OK, all right. Well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so this guy. Right. So they put him in some court with some lousy bum judge. Right. <laughs> and a stacked jury of Democrat. Some of those people even work for the Clinton campaign, by the way. So there, there's no bias there of any kind. And so they convict him because he wouldn't lie about uh, the Trump Russia gate thing. Right. With, with the whole Russia collusion thing. He wouldn't lie about President Trump under oath. So they smacked him with a uh, with a prison sentence. And so uh, he was due to report to prison on Tuesday after a federal appeals court uh, rejected his bid, postponed his surrender date. Now, here's the thing. Stone's 67 years old. OK, so he's in the danger range for covid exposure, right? He's in if for somebody that, that contracts it, he's in the danger range. And this is what his attorneys were arguing. Hey, you're going to send him to uh, a federal prison where there's known cases of coronavirus and Roger's 67 years old. So if you send him there, it's essentially a death sentence, which that's precisely what the political agenda is here. They want him gone. They want him out of the way, because if he actually gets in, all he wants, all all Stone wants is a retrial. He wants a retrial in a clean court. That's all he wants, because he could just have it overturned. But that's not what Trump did. Trump commuted the sentence. So it wasn't an actual pardon per se. He commuted the sentence. So he's going to appeal. Why is he going to appeal? Because he needs to be exonerated. He needs to show the corruption. He needs to show the political bias. He needs to show that this was nonsense. So Stone goes down before the Trump impeachment, right? This is the sequence of events. Stone gets arrested. So it makes the public look at the situation with Stone as Oh, well, Trump's already guilty. They've already got his campaign guy. So he's guilty already. Mm-hmm. That was the stone thing. It was it was show. It was, it was theater. And of course, CNN just happened to be there. Of course, no, they didn't know. They didn't know that there was going to be an arrest that morning. They just happened to be there at four o'clock in the morning with a news truck. So they show that Roger Stone gets arrested under this this Trump collu- or excuse me, this Trump Russia collusion nonsense. They know that happens. People see that the whole thing gets gets turned into a show trial. So Stone gets convicted. In the meantime, Trump, with the impeachment, goes on. The whole thing falls apart and it all goes away. You notice they're not talking about Russia anymore? Well, they're starting to again. They're starting to again. But you, you notice that that hasn't really been a thing. It was guilty. It was uh, his goose is cooked. This time's over. We, we have it. But Schiff was saying, oh, we've got we've got solid evidence. It's there. It's there. It's there. We've got the evidence. It's going to come out. It's a smoking gun. We have it. Still nothing. There's still nothing. Everything with the Trump Russia thing fell flat on its face. But yet Stone still gets convicted. Trump has to pardon Stone. He has to because he's going down for a crime that he didn't commit based on trumped up charges that were thrown against Trump that got dismissed because it, it couldn't stick. So he has to pardon Stone. It just makes sense. But he hasn't pardoned him per se. He's just commuted the sentence because, as I said, he has to be exonerated. He has to show the fraud. He has to show these criminals for who they are, including that lousy stinking judge in that in that D.C. court. Judge Jackson or whatever her name is. I, I think I can't remember if that's the, the right one or not, but that's I'm pretty sure that's who it is. Nonetheless, Stone gets commuted. He gets a new trial and these people have to be exposed. So this is why Trump committed it to a uh, uh, commuted it to a retrial. And so 
or well, this is he's going to seek an appeal and, and get a retrial. So what does the New York Times do? Just to show you the bias of the of the mainstream media. What does the New York Times do? Trump pardons one of his friends. Well, as I said, he had to. He had to pardon him. But I think Trump was waiting till the final hour. Like I said, he was due to report on on this coming Tuesday. He had to wait until Stone had exhausted all legal options to have an appeal and a retrial. And he did. He did. He exhausted everything. He, he couldn't go any further. So therefore, Trump comes in with the commutation and says, you exhausted all options. So now there's nothing they can come back with. They can't say, well, he pardoned him before he had all the appeals process. No, no, no that's all done. He exhausted all of his options. He's got nothing. So let's get Stone back in front of a clean court, shall we? Let's get him out of D.C. He was arrested at, a, at his home in Florida and they trucked him all the way up to D.C. for that. Why wasn't he tried in his own state? Why wasn't he? Let's get him in a clean court. Let's get an actual jury of clean people, not people from the, the leftover from the Clinton campaign. And let's get this man a fair trial. Let him have his day in court. We have a right to a speedy trial by a jury of our peers. We have that right. So let's get this man that right. How difficult is that? <laughs> it's pretty difficult, apparently. Uh, no, I'm I'm in agreement there, right? I, I want him to have a fair trial. As you said, this is not a fair trial. So uh, contrary to what the media is saying and all this stuff that uh, even Nixon didn't do this, you know, he didn't go this far as Trump was. And the thing is, is the whole Russian collusion thing was drummed up false accusations. There was nothing there. We've seen the investigation. There was nothing. So why? Why? Why is why is he in prison? You know, and as you stated, you know, he's in uh he, he's of the age that's uh, of concern uh, for COVID nineteen. By the way, side note on all this: all the non-violent offenders that are being released from prison because of the COVID nineteen scare, which I believe there was eight thousand more to be released. I want to say it was in Texas, but anyway, I um, think it was California, wasn't it? Was it was it California? Okay, I, I, I thought it was tech. Uh, uh, it's California a new one. Releasing, this is a new yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, California yeah. Sorry. Releasing it, is, 8, it is California. Yeah. Yeah. Out of right. San okay, Quentin. So, oh, my God. So their claims that these people I don't, I don't remember if we've addressed this or not, but the people that are being released with, quote unquote, nonviolent crimes. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what they were saying at first. Is it not common practice to catch someone that is guilty of violent crimes, but they can't prove the violent crimes. You know, they are a violent offender, but the only thing they can get them on is the drug offense, right? I mean, doesn't mm -hmm. that happen sometimes? So it does, yeah. these people that are nonviolent criminals are actually very violent criminals, and yet they're being released. And this political prisoner, which is exactly what he is, a political That's prisoner, what Stone is, yeah. Absolutely. They're they're unwilling to release him. Huh. Uh, fascist America? Are we fascist? Are we are we the baddies here? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, Cohen, speaking of people being thrown in prison because of the Trump thing, Cohen's actually back in custody. Apparently, he uh, he had that steak dinner uh, at that Mid Midtown Manhattan <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> right. He, he got right. he got picked up and thrown back in and he's in solitary confinement as well. So apparently that was the most expensive steak dinner. I told I said it, didn't I? I called it. I said, I hope you enjoyed that steak, Mr. Cohen. Because that's probably the last one you're going to have. So he uh, why solitary? Is it just isolating? I, so in case he's infected, is they're, that, is that they're the making excuse? it? No, they're making it. No, they're they're making it look like it's because he wouldn't sign a gag order for a Trump book. Ah, 
So uh, they're making I it see. look like Trump is ordering it. You see how this is working? Uh, he broke. He uh, broke his house arrest. He broke his house arrest. He was uh-huh. at a Midtown Manhattan restaurant. We covered it here. He, he was at a Midtown Manhattan restaurant eating $50 a plate steak dinners. Uh-huh. Look, he, he broke the law. I get it, right? But saying it's Trump that's doing it, he has no authority and power over this. Right. And the thing is, is if it, this, this is what completely baffles me. All right. They're saying Trump is this Nazi, right? He's this crazy fascist, uh, white supremacist, blah, 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 right? Nazi. Yes. Yeah, they're saying that. Yeah. And- they're, they're saying all these things, but at the same time, in the same breath, they're saying, we want the government to run our health care. We want the government to remove our guns. They, what, uh, hello? This is the government you're saying are Nazis and fascists. Like, hello? Uh, don't, don't, don't you see the, the contradiction there? Uh, the bit of hypocrisy? But yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I certainly do. Let's end on a, uh, actually, I'll tell you what. Now, now that this has happened, right, we'll, we'll do we'll do a couple more of these because this is just too good. Pelosi's new bill plans to limit pardons in the wake of the stone commutation. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that in the wake of Donald Trump's commutation of Roger Stone's criminal sentence, she plans to support a bill limiting the ability of presidents to take such actions. President, this is her quote, President Trump's decision to commute the sentence of top campaign advisor Roger Stone, who could directly implicate him in criminal misconduct, which he wouldn't do. If by he the would way. only lie. Yeah, if, if he, he would, would only, only lie. lie right. could- she says that this is an act of staggering corruption. <laughs> she said mm. today mm. it's an act of staggering corruption. She actually said this today. Uh, she says that uh, Congress will take action to prevent this type of brazen wrongdoing. The whole fact that he's there in the first place is because he is being accused of wrongdoing that you're pinning on him. Legislation is needed to ensure that no president can pardon or commute the sentence of an individual who is engaging in a cover-up campaign to shield the president from criminal prosecution, Pelosi said. Um, okay. All right. Oh, I could pick this apart. I, I could pick this apart, but we really don't have the time, but I'll do the best I can. Commute the sentence of an individual who is engaged in a cover-up campaign. Lady... The entire impeachment process was a cover-up campaign to cover up the actions of people in your party that have foreign dealings with corrupt people in the old Eastern Bloc, such as Ukraine, to shield the president from criminal prosecution. You're shielding the people that are involved with the Democrat Party that are in bed with foreign powers. That's the shielding from criminal prosecution. You had armies of people in the Justice Department, what their Justice Department and their FBI is in the Ukraine, ready to pack up all their briefcases, come to the United States and deliver all of their information on everyone in the Democrat Party that was involved with wrongdoing there and the corruption there. That's essentially what the deal was. What happened there? Oh, no visas. Now we can't give any visas. We can't get anyone in the U.S. from Ukraine. Now we can't do that. What happened? Everybody in that top investigation line got fired. Thanks to Joe Biden, I might add. So that's a small backstory there. But I, I love how she's flipping this, right? This is all being, tr- you know, pinned back on stone. Like uh, he's some, some kind of big criminal mastermind when he's no such thing. He's these people's worst nightmare is what he is. He even says that in his own words. He's a political strategist. He knows how to beat these people at their own game and they can't stand it. So they need to get rid of him. So he is that political prisoner, as you say, Bruce. So, yes. What, what do you think about her? First of all, she can't do this. Congress cannot do this. They can't do it. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Barack Obama. Even they can't do that. That's the president's power to commute and pardon sentences. Correct. It's the executive's power. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's to protect from exactly this political prisoners, you know, wrongful prosecutions, uh, having a, a rigged jury, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, it, it's totally within their power. And honestly, it's, it's pretty hypocritical uh, of Pelosi, the uh, the one who has, um, you know, twelve dollar pints of ice cream and her twenty four thousand dollar icebox but you know that that's that's uh you know another story what i'm really concerned about honestly is i'm i'm for cutting government powers and and those kind of things however i'm legitimately concerned that the democrats are trying to enact a marxist style government now one of the things that they need to be able to do is just in case you know let, let's say they get their marxist plans are starting to roll and they're getting in and but then an election comes up and uh oh we we need we need uh you know the the american people are like whoa 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 slow down we don't want this so they vote someone else in and and the next president comes in well he doesn't have the authority to uh release any of the political prisoners that the democrats in the in the the previous administration imprisoned right so that's actually a concern that because we do uh, have such a turnover with presidents that limits the next administration coming in and cleaning house on on stuff that was wrong, uh, you know, wrongly done or um, through through a stacked uh, court or or even you know the stuff that uh, uh, Congress was doing with the Russia Gate and all that nonsense, you know. So yeah, I'm legitimately concerned that this could be a uh, this could be misused somehow. Even though I'm for smaller government and, and removing powers. This one, I'm, I'm kind of like, no, this one should stay. This one needs mm-hmm. to remain. Yeah. Okay. Let's end on a little, uh, let's end on a fun one, shall we? Let's, uh, let's talk yeah, about Chaz. It. Let's talk about Chaz. Hmm. Right. Do, do you remember mm-hmm. Chaz? You know, the, the, the yeah, peaceful street the... carnival, like the street fair, the music festival, you know, that, that one, the oh, poetry that what, I, I thought it was that ancient civilization that we just discovered yeah. there. And, <laughs> yes, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah, take take a take a trip to the ancient ruins of Chaz. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it's so, so long ago now. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, it's a shame. Did you see the photo of uh, of Roz, the warlord, getting arrested? How he was screaming <laughs> and crying? Did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to know the background to that one, why he was so I thought he was this there. big, bad, you know, fearless leader and everyone was looking to mm. him for, come on, right? You you stomp on these kids just a little bit and you stub their toe, they'll start screaming and crying. It's ridiculous. Okay, so a, uh, a new bill would make state and local governments accountable for autonomous zone crimes. So a new federal bill introduced by Republican Congressman Chip Roy and Ted Budd would let crime victims in autonomous zones such as the one set up in Seattle sue state and local governments for damages. First of I all, like I mean, it, I, I like it, but I mean, as, as we were kind of talking offline about it, these things shouldn't be established in the first place. Right. Well, it's their fault to begin with. It's the right. local government's fault. So they should be able to sue just yes. because of that. They allowed yes. it to happen. So, yeah. Yes, they should. The Justice for Victims of Lawless Cities Act, I like it, I like it, would enable murder, rape, or other felony victims or their families, or if a victim has died or is otherwise incapable of bringing suit to recover damages from the governments that abandoned them to the jurisdiction of lawless anarchists. Additionally, anyone whose business was harmed within a lawless autonomous zone may bring suit against the government. Quote from Representative Bud. 
which is one of the co-sponsors of the bill. This bill would be a strong incentive to local jurisdictions to break up any remaining lawless zones or prevent one from being established in the first place. I think we have a very good bill in the process of being passed, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, obviously with all bills, I would I would need to see the you know fine print to make sure that um, right what they're proposing and is all they're saying. But uh, yeah, I I mean, on a surface, it sounds good. I got it. I got it. I'll tell you what. We will go over this tomorrow. I've got the bill right here. That's the bill. We will go over this. It's only five pages. We'll go over this tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, you know, on its surface, it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds, I, I it sounds pretty good. People being able to sue, sue over this because yeah. they did. So what, the, the amount of damage that was done to businesses and to people's homes and I mean, even even just the psychological trauma that that came from this. Right. They should right, be able to sue right. over that. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, I agree. So I tell you what, we'll go ahead and we'll call this one an end because we are at, we are at time. We're going to have to jump out of here. So I tell you what, we'll, we have the we have a copy of the bill here. We're going to go over it. We'll talk more on this tomorrow. I do want to talk about this because this is this is really interesting. This is a this is an interesting piece of legislation. So I, I want to um, I want to look at it a little bit closer. So we'll do that tomorrow. But anyway, for those of you who have not and you would like to, I know we've had plenty of followers this week or I've had plenty of followers. I'm not sure about Marty. Please do give us a follow over on the platform of Parlor. It's had a lot of a uh, lot of new people coming on in the last couple of weeks or so. A lot of new uh, new people coming over to join the platform. People are getting away from Facebook and getting away from Twitter. If you're looking for a free speech platform, if you're looking for something that's a little more laid back and not so um, not so hostile, I think is the right word, then uh, do give Parler a check and give us a follow over there. You can follow me. I'm at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. We welcome all your feedback, all your likes, your echoes, your comments, uh, and so on and so forth. So we love hearing from you. So we had a couple of comments this week, and I did respond to you. And those of you that do listen every day, thank you very much. We do appreciate that. We hope that you pass this along to friends and family. All we're doing is trying to get information out to people and get people to think on their own. That's all That's all the agenda we have. And as Bruce put it, we want people to have civil discourse because that's something we've lost. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. Tomorrow.